0: To come before you, to be rekindled and reminded by your beauty, to be blessed, Lord, by the beauty that invaded our lives, to have the freedom to praise you, to worship you, to adore you and to exalt your name, to look at our lives, Lord. And say, what has invaded this space? To take my gaze from your beauty this past week. To take my gaze from your holiness. From your hand that holds me. From the life that is hid with you on high. Lord, forgive us if we've wandered away. Lord, as we search our lives, we continue to pray for your cleansing. We continue to pray for realignment, for refocusing, for breaking off chains of sin, for bringing victory and turning our life into a song to you. Thank you for the forgiveness we have in our Lord Jesus. Lord, as you are the giver and the provider and the sustainer, Lord, as we return a portion of that which you blessed us with, bless Lord for the expansion of your ministry here at Grandview. also want to thank you, Lord, for the people who are serving We thank you for all your servants. We pray, Lord, that there'll be none in this church who don't worship you through serving in some way. Thank you, Lord, for the army that you're building. Thank you, Lord, for being the Lord of the harvest. Open our eyes, Lord, and bring the harvest in. Summer is coming and fishing and camping and enjoying, but Lord, open the eyes of our spirit and our hearts. We continue to pray, Lord, for your light to shine through each and every day. And Lord, we pray that you'll appoint relationships and people we meet to be a light, to minister, and to make you known. So, Lord, equip us and send us out. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you're new with us, uh, you know, I just want to welcome you to Grandview. Um, We're coming close to the end of the first four months of the year. We are on a two-year reading Bible plan. If you have fallen behind or you haven't started, please pick up. There's only one to two chapters a day. It's a slow pace, and that reading will help you with our fellowship, Sunday school, and and our sermon time here on Sundays. Uh, Please don't try to go back and and, and catch up, but... Move with us from where we are. Uh, This is one of the times where some people may feel, may started well and feel like they're behind. Um, Don't let that uh, put you down. At this time, we have come to the place, let's move to the next slide, where we are in uh, Numbers. We're going to finish Numbers fairly soon. and uh, We don't have much left from the Pentateuch. Uh, Only one more book, so... For some of us, it will be a relief. For some of us, will be uh, melancholic when when we leave the five books or the Pentateuch. But let's all stand up and read together God's word uh, today from Numbers 20. And the people of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. And the people stayed in Kadesh. And Miriam died there and was buried there. Now there was no water for the congregation, and they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. And the people quarreled with Moses and said, Would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into the wilderness, that we shall die here, both we and our cattle? And why have you made us come up out of Egypt to bring us to this evil place? It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates, and there is no water to drink. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, "'Take the staff and assemble the congregation, you and Aaron your brother, and tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water.' So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give them drink to the congregation and their cattle. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock, and he said to them, "Hear now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock?' And Moses lifted up his hand and struck the rock with his staff twice." And water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their livestock. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me to uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel, therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. There are the water on Merah, where the people of Israel quarreled with the Lord, and through them he showed himself holy. Amen. You may be seated. Now uh, if you don't know, this is a 37 year jump from Numbers 19 to Numbers 20. There's a 30 year 37 year jump. Uh, As we look at this, this is the year that is marked by Miriam's passing. Uh, But this is not just Miriam's passing. What happens in this year, in this year? It starts with Miriam, then not too far along this year, Aaron will also be taken, and then by the end of the year, Moses will be taken as well. So this chapter begins with Miriam leaving, and then with Aaron leaving. Miriam, a very interesting case. Is this the sister that held Moses on the river? Very attached to Moses, very uh, Very heartfelt sister, the oldest of the the group. It's believed that she was about 127 years old when she passed right now. And I believe uh, Aaron will be about 125 when he will go to be with the Lord. And Moses was the baby of the family. So this is how uh, this comes about. But let's take time for Miriam. What do we know of Miriam? She was an extremely gifted person, uh, very anointed, as you can tell. We have songs of exaltation uh, that were there. She led the precautions of the women into dancing and worshiping the Lord. She was extremely spiritual and gifted and anointed by the Lord. She had been a support to her brothers. They were close, you know, especially with Aaron, we see that she's extremely close. But at the same time, there's been some hiccups in Miriam's life. What is one of the hiccups of Miriam's life? Jealousy, right? She did not like the fact that her brother married a Cushite woman. She also, you know, when the Spirit came over her and she was pretty... Uh, uh, you know, uh, saw herself pretty gifted. She wanted to challenge, to be a leader. So we see that being also a problem. Uh, But, you know, this is within the family. Aaron was not too far behind. He joined her in many of those things. No wonder he's kind of like the middle child. He seems to kind of be the tale of, uh, of Moses or be the tale of Miriam. Uh, Somewhere along the line. But this is Miriam. And Miriam uh, will go down as a woman of great, great spiritual anointing. A very interesting case that does not make sense to us. Because when you apply for a job, people take you either because of your great skill, talent, or knowledge. And many people would believe that way that because Miriam was so talented, why shouldn't she be the leader? It doesn't make sense to our logic that the Lord wouldn't choose her. But as we have heard from me time and time again, my ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. As far as this earth is from the heavens, so far are my Ways and thoughts from your ways of thoughts. And so, as we can see, uh, there's a disconnect there. And many times, you know, we, especially as men, need to realize because whenever we get in a tight place, we will use logic. Not necessarily so with women. If you're married, you know what I mean. Sometimes don't use logic. It's just better to listen. This is just a hint. You know, don't try to use logic. It's better to listen. But at the same time, it reminds us of God that it's not always logic by the way we think of logic. So, you know, I think we've said enough about Miriam. Uh, and the people of Israel, the whole congregation, came into the wilderness. Go uh, Yeah, uh, came into the wilderness of Zin in the first month. Zin, Zin Kadesh, this is in the wilderness of Paran. What does this remind you of? 37 years ago, they were here. They were here and they complained. And they, you know, I've heard many of you uh, say some things which were true yet not true when speaking about this passage. Because. What happened 37 years ago, it was their grandparents and parents. We're now speaking about the children. This is the children who have heard their parents complain that there's no water and no food. And they were there and they saw people get swelled up by the ground. They saw the fire burning. They saw the plague. We're talking about 3 million people. How many people will enter the promised land? How many? 40,000 and only two Caleb and Joshua from originally from the ones who have left Egypt. That is it. Many are called, but Few are. The same is true in the New Testament. God does not change. That's why I keep telling you guys. There was a guy named Calvin. And I don't agree with everything that he said. But do you know one of the things that he said to put into church perspective? People walk and are members into a church. But within the church there is an invisible church. And that church spreads beyond the walls of this very building. It goes along the world and it is compromised of all the people who are born of the Spirit of God. That is the church. Now, I agree with him greatly about what he said about this thing. John Calvin. Nonetheless, here, this is not a good memory place. When something awful happens to your your family, you don't want to go there again. You don't want to go there again. Yet here they find themselves after 37 years. Have they progressed anywhere? They're back in the same place. Let's move to the next verse. Now there was no water for the congregation. 37, and I'm speaking about this generation, 37, 40 years, 37 years of walking with the Lord, and they have no water, and they haven't reached their destination. And they assembled themselves together. Aren't you glad you're a Baptist? You say, well, pastor, you told us there's no congregation polity. It's right there in your face. It is. It's the assembly. This assembly has assembled before, but not in a good way. Do you recall what happened in the previous times when they assembled together? No, it wasn't. Too pleasant of stories that followed. Maybe this would be different. Do you think it would be different? No, I don't think so. But maybe we'll get surprised. And they assembled themselves together against Moses and against Aaron. Now, I understand against Moses. Because he basically was their leader. By why would they be against Aaron? Because it's because of Aaron that their parents died. Right? We, we, the Levites, especially the Levites, say, well, we, we, we're holy just like you guys. We want to come and uh, you know, go into the holy place and do all the things that you guys do. Memory lane. Do memories in your life affect you? If you've had issues with a certain sin, there are triggers for you. There are memories. There are smells even. There are scars of your soul that keep surfacing. These are people just the same way. Things are triggering back to them. Let's go to the next slide. Now you know why they assembled to be against and to quarrel with Moses. Now please listen to the statement. Would that we had perished when our brothers perish before the Lord. does this mean? Would that we had perished. They're saying we wished we would have been swollen alive by the earth. That we would have been born by the fire or the plague overtaken us. What does this mean? That which the world gives, has won. I'm now willing to wait and go through hardships to receive the prize that is set before me by the Lord. We have gotified that today is called instant. Oh, you've heard of that? It's not easy to isn't it? It's not that far. Instant gratification. Is this logical? Would that we had perished when our brothers perished before the Lord. He even says where they perished? Before the Lord. Now, let me ask you it says that they were against whom? Moses and Aaron. But when they say this thing, would that we had perished before the Lord, who are they also against? What the Lord is doing. If someone perishes before the Lord, they surely deserve it. He is righteous. He is holy. There's sin constantly knocking on the door of our hearts. To find the moment of weakness, of tiredness. Of lack of perseverance and endurance. Do you know when this happens? When sin is not blotted out. That's why we see the same language that we see from their fathers. Guess what? I don't even have to go much further. And they will repeat other things that their parents had repeated. Guess what? If you don't stay close to the Lord, things that you didn't like about your parents, you'll begin to see that about in your own life. And you say, man, I hated this about my parents. Now I'm doing it. It's never happened to any of you? I'm glad you're so close to the Lord that he hasn't. Hmm. Hmm. What happens now when the flesh takes a hold? He loses logic and he moves into the world's way. And what happens into the world's way? World will begin to ask one question. Why? Let's go to the next slide. Why have you brought the assembly of the Lord into this wilderness? Look how stupid this is. They've been following the pillar and the cloud. And they're asking Moses and Aaron, why have you brought as though they were leading them? Even logic is out the door. Now you can tell it is the flesh that is surfacing and speaking. Conditions. You know what I've noticed too? There's someone who is in a condition of sin for too long and they get used to it. And then they try to get out of it. Instead of repenting and turning from it, they can't wait to get encouraged. As though that will repair the condition they're in. That's a if you find yourself in that, you should make an appointment with me. You have been deceived in thinking you need to be encouraged. Because the Lord's brought you to this place because you need to be at a loss of that which brings you to ask questions like this and to begin to go into the way of the flesh or the world. That we should die here. Does this make sense? Now they don't want to die. They just say they wish they died earlier. I I don't know if I'm reading English well. But they said, oh, we wish that we would have perished earlier. That we should die here? You just said a second ago that you wish you would have died. This sometimes sounds like some arguments I have at home too. (laughs) Not to name names. That we should die here. What is this? It has nothing to do with what they're saying. It deals with the God of self. The God of self wants to be in charge. The God of self wants to be entertained. The God of self has wants, luxuries, needs, anxiety, worry. It wants to be fulfilled... Rather than let go and enjoy. And why have you made us come out out of Egypt? Why did you take us out of the world that provided in those areas? To bring us to this evil place. This is evil? It's evil. Why? Because he showed them their own sin and he cleansed them. Yeah, many of them died. But that's good. Because he cleansed them. How many of you come to church and recall... Those beautiful places when hey you know the Lord took me through this episode and blessed me, and this challenge and this challenge, and recall that and bring that about, and exalt before the Lord. Or are we still like this people and say, I wonder I'm going to go to church because I need this and I this that and I need to be blessed and my health is not. So we have a list of things, and we think we're better. I venture to say, let's take a closer look at what the Lord's saying. It is no place for grain or figs or vines or pomegranates. And there's no water to drink. This makes a complete circle. Now this is the seventh time we hear corporate complaining and grumbling. the assembly this is the reality of the place they were at what happens when you call a good place evil is this going to be a problem good will be called evil and evil will be called Good. How many of you like to watch shows or movies? I hope you've been discerning enough to realize that if you watch movies and shows, they will try to bring you to a place where they confuse the line between good and evil, and they'll try to shift you to attach and to root or to do this very clear difference. These are people that have been deceived. They're back into the same place. Why? So God can now take them forward. But they're so short-sighted and deceived that they recall the past. Has Jesus healed you from your past or is that still an anchor of evil in your soul? Has Jesus healed you from your memories or is that still an anchor of evil in your soul? Let's move to the next slide. Then Moses and Aaron went from the presence of the assembly to the entrance of the tent of meeting and fell on their faces. What did Moses and Aaron do? Argue with them? Talk to them? Respond? We continue to see that they are like this. Between the people and the Lord. They're not like this. If you're on Wednesday nights, you know what it means. We don't have time to take this and explain what that means. And fell on their faces. You see they fell on the faces before the people. You see they fell on the faces before the presence of the Lord. Because this is their duty. To represent the people before the Lord and to represent the Lord before the people. If you see that, how can you possibly call them leaders? If you call them leaders, you are attacking God, not them. And the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And the Lord spoke to Moses. I feel bad for Aaron. Have you noticed that the Lord kind of only spoke to Moses most of the time? When it comes to leadership. The Lord spoke to Aaron about some things, tasks that he has to perform. But when he came to leadership and to guidance, nothing the Lord does not break his design. Saying, Take the staff and assemble the congregation. I thought they were. Why would he say that which has already happened? Think about that. Why would God, God is logical. They're already assembled. Take the staff and go assemble. Why would God say assemble them? Because He commands His assembly. There are many churches today, they assemble on their own terms. Woo to those churches. But there are some churches today, they assemble because they hear the call of God, the ringing in their heart to come to worship Him. And they come here because there's a presence, and they come here because there's a burden and a call in their souls to worship and to serve God. That is the beginning of church. Not how great the building is and how the services that they provide. And how many people go there. Now I have to ask you, is this a routine for you on Sunday? Or have you heard the Lord? Asking you to assemble. Hebrews 11.25 says, Do not forsake the assembly of believers. And that's a command. But it ought not to be a command. It ought to be something within our hearts and souls. Hmm. Assemble the congregation. He the Lord is saying, the assembly of these people, even though they call themselves the assembly of the Lord, it's not my assembly. You go and I'll call them in my name. You gotta wonder them that one move them to assemble if he wasn't God. You and Aaron, your brother. And tell the rock before their eyes to yield its water. So you shall bring water out of the rock for them and give drink to the congregation and their cattle. Very important verse. Next verse. And Moses took the staff. Why is this important? Because there's no Moses and there's no Aaron. The people assembled. They spoke to them. They came back. Take the staff. This is mine that i given you. Staff. Scepter. It's a sign of authority. Now when you go before them, I am speaking, not you. Take the staff. Which makes me beg the question, how do I literally take the staff in my daily walk? I'm a Christian, I get offended somehow, someone says something bad, someone challenges me. It's so easy for me to just spill back and argue back. It's so unnatural for me to go in my prayer closet and wait for the Lord to say take the staff and go back I will direct you take the staff from where from before the Lord what do you have from the Lord to show that you are under his authority And in His name do you come forward. And that is something that you need to find that it's holy and sacred in your marriage, in your family home, in your workplace. Otherwise, there's no presence, and you will labor in vain. And Moses took the staff from before the Lord as he commanded him. Great action before the Lord. Notice, we cannot say that that Moses was not faithful before the Lord. Not before the Lord. Let's move to the next passage. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together before the rock. And said to them, Here now, you rebels, shall we bring water for you out of this rock? Psalm 106, 32-33 said, They angered Moses at the waters of Mara, and it went ill with Moses on their account. It wasn't before God, it was before the people. It's on their account. For they made his spirit bitter, and he spoke rashly with his lips. So the spirit is bitter, and this comes now speaking rashly. Notice he didn't do it beforehand. Hear now, you rebels, rashly. Please note, the Lord didn't say, oh, get away, I'm going to consume them. This is now in Moses' spirit. He's being attacked by the recollection. I'm sick and tired of these people. I heard it from Jenner for the last 40 years, and I'm sick and tired of it. He doesn't say, Lord, I don't like what you're doing. But it's made his spirit bitter. How many of you like lemon water? You do? Do you like to put a slice of lemon in your water and it tastes good? What happens if you leave it for three days? Have you tasted to see how bitter it becomes? It's no longer sour and fresh, it becomes very bitter. Mmm. Bitterness. If you don't deal with harsh words, sound said to you, you will grow to bitterness. That's what the psalmist, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit is telling us. It is bitterness. It is bitterness here. His spirit bitter. And he spoke rashly with his lips. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Okay. Take the staff from before me. Okay. And Moses lifted up his hand, let's go to the next, his hand, and struck the rock with his staff twice. And water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank and their livestock. Let's move to the next slide. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, Because you did not believe in me, To uphold me as holy in the eyes of the people of Israel. Therefore you shall not bring this assembly into the land that I have given them. What is the problem here? Some may look at Moses and say, well, his greatest sin was when he killed the Egyptian. Murder. His... Greater sin is when he didn't tend to his sons and circumcise him and the Lord was about to kill him so his wife circumcised his, you know, his older son what did Moses do here disobeyed. excuse me disobeyed. disobeyed lack of faith, lack of faith. bitterness, bitterness anger ruled didn't turn the eyes of the people to God okay at least you did not leave me okay good answers these are the waters of meribah where the people of Israel carved with the Lord, and through them he showed himself holy. What did Moses do? Made now this an issue about him self that he was dealing with. May this an issue where he was now implicated. There's no room for that with God. God will not be using you so you think you're great. So you'll receive praise. So people will think you're the nicest thing since Jesus to walk this earth. That's not God. God. That's not his way. I will share my glory with none other. And that's why when we protested against the Catholic Church, we said, Sola. What? Solo Gloria. For. For and towards his glory alone. Five solas. Sola Fidea, what does that mean? By faith alone, not teaching the salvation by, by works. Sola gratia. through Three. grace alone. Sola scriptura. Through scriptures alone, don't bring in the tradition. Soli Deo. To to God's glory alone. And what's one? Is that four or five? Solus Christos. Through Christ alone. Don't bring all the other holy men who, who walked after Jesus and pedestaled them where they shouldn't be. Let's, let's take a closer look to the Word of God to see why Moses became blind to something greater and the Lord took it personally. Let's go back. Let's go back. Let's go back one more. Then Moses and Aaron gathered the assembly together again before the Lord, before the... Who is in between the Lord and the people forever? Jesus Christ. Man, I wonder if someone has First Corinthians chapter 10... Verses 1 through 4 or 5, if I recall correctly. Who would like to read that out loud for us? I think I'm in the right place. T- chapter 10? Chapter 10. First Corinthians chapter 10, I believe. Verses 1 through 4 or 5, around there should be. Can someone read it out loud? Go ahead, Tom. Please stand up. Now, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud. All passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. Hmm. Who was the rock? What did Moses do in his anger? In his ignorance? But he already struck the rock once. Should Jesus go a second time to the cross? God forbid. And now he struck him twice. Do you see why God takes this now personally? Do you see why we have to be more careful when we serve the Lord? What Moses did was a lot more grave than the ugliness of the assembly. In his bitterness and anger, he greatly offended God. Listen to the words of the Lord. And the Lord said to Moses and Aaron, because you did not believe in me, of course he believed, but to do what? To uphold me as holy. Jesus died, rose from the grave, but he's holy. There's no need to strike him again. There's no need to put him on the cross. You say, well, you know, Moses could have not known that. But God was protecting him from that if he had just listened to what he said. This made it now personal. He had to come with a cost. Because he was ordained for Christ to die once. And that's enough. And he is holy To uphold me as solely. Ultimately, we see our role now as high priests, as royal priests, not high priests, that the most important is how we transition people. Before the Lord to continue the ministry. That's why Paul is so worried about his churches. I wish I did not labor with you in vain. This is exactly what God is saying here. There's been a 30, 40 year wilderness and death and this because I'm preparing them so they won't be in vain. You took it personally, you were blinded, got a strong, you know, hold of you, I'm sorry. You will not enter the promised land. God did not say, I'm sorry. He says, because you did not believe in me. When things from our soul get attached into the element of faith, it clouds things. And through that fog, we can't see in the faith. This bitterness fogged Moses and the holiness of the God that he was serving. Now, don't say bad Moses, because I guarantee you, we may be guilty of doing this from time to time. Can you, uh, can you relate to that? That's why the Lord gives us self-control. Patience. Kindness. Brotherly love. Gentleness. Those fruits that we need to taste... Is to keep away the bitterness that can accumulate from life in the flesh. That's why we sang that he's beautiful. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. That means you have a relationship and you know exactly why we're singing, we're talking about. We're not just singing a song to sing words. It's because he it ought to be a reality in your life and my life. beginning of wisdom is fear of the Lord. Ought to be different when we come to his house now. Ought to be different when you are what? Challenged. Asked. Maybe your wife, maybe your husband says something that irritates you. Here's a good time for you to walk in the Spirit, to find the chamber with the love of the Lord, to see His rule with a scepter in your life, to begin to enjoy the goodness of the taste of the Lord and His Spirit and respond in a way they burn skulls on their mind. We couldn't do it. We can only do it because the Lord has given us His Holy Spirit. We're no better. We need to learn how to walk in the Spirit of God. That's why it's called the Holy Spirit. That's the only way we can keep God holy. Both in our lives and in the life of others. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, you tell us, be holy as I am holy. And Lord, uh, clearly, Moses, the most meek and humble man to have walked this earth, has shown us that it is impossible without your Spirit. So Lord, today, with all our hearts, with all our minds, with all our strength, uh, Abba, Father, we cry for that which we need, is which is your Spirit, Lord, to fill us, to anoint us, to produce the fruit within us, to give us strength and perseverance and endurance and control and the taste of who you are. Taste that goes above drugs, above barbecues, above what this world has to offer. For we're here today, Lord, because we heard your call and your taste is good. And that's why we call you good. So we thank you, Jesus. the goodness of your cross and resurrection it's better than life thank you Jesus in your name we pray amen stand and sing number 53 This time.